Welcome to Fandom and Wellness, a podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. I'm Arkita. I'm Jenny. And I'm Danielle. And this week, we're talking about Moana. Moana! I am Moana! Uh, <laughs> Let's get into this. Yeah. I watch this movie a lot. Just prefacing this. Good. Yeah, I I was it's like so good. <laughs> I was like, Arkita, have you watched Moana yesterday? And you were like, Yeah, I watch it like every two weeks. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It's literally, <laughs> good. I watch it every two weeks. And Disney Plus has now made it easier for me to watch yeah. it because it was mm-hmm. on Netflix and they took it off, so I had to like find it every single time. It's officially the first thing we each watched, right? Yeah. On Disney Plus. No. Oh, I'm not, well, maybe not Okita. I watched. <laughs> What'd you watch? I was getting a little nostalgic. I mean, I did watch The Mandalorian. Bitch, your middle name is nostalgic. Yeah, what's new? Whatever. I watched Confess- Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. That okay. movie is wild, by the way. I don't know that plotline was all over the place. But back to Moana. Okay. <laughs> so, um, obviously, like, one of my favorite things about the movie is the songs and the music yes. um so i just wanted to start with that and ask what your favorite songs were i mean i regularly listen to the soundtrack while i am sewing it is so nice. so good my, my my favorite song is know who you are mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll get into why later when we're talking about sure. um defeaty um and Taka, but i just i love it so much when she's like walking through the water to hand back the heart it's wonderful Shit, I, I I might have to say that that's also my favorite song now that I think about it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you just like, I mean, th- there are so many. Go- it's really hard to yeah. pick a favorite song. But th- that one just like, I don't know, it touches me like in a really emotional way. Yeah, I realized that's probably my favorite song now that I think about it. I, I guess I never realized it was a, a song. <laughs> it's so short. Is, it's a very short song, it is right? Short. Is, is that why? Yes, I, maybe that's why. It's like literally, I think like, less than 10 lines so it's right. like um but i do really love how far i'll go which is classic and we know the way which is really like mm-hmm. like going on an adventure kind of kind of song that i really love listening to yeah akita um <laughs> so my favorite song which we had to look up because i thought it was something else it's I am Moana slash Do you the mean song of I the am answers. Arkita! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm such a bad singer. Um, uh, so am I, but that's I okay. Think, I don't know. I love that. That's honestly like my favorite song in the entire movie. Granted, I love all the songs, but I think that scene specifically, and it's the one where she's ready to give up on the boat, is one that I have felt so many times and that resonated with me that I was like, oh my god, this song. Where it's like her grandma comes and visits her and is like, I'll support you no matter what you choose to do. And I'm like, that's my grandma. Yeah, I think that's my second favorite song in the movie. Good picks, guys. Good yes. picks. <laughs> is there a bad pick, though? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe Shiny... <laughs> Not even that. That one was so good. That was it's just still a funny. Good. It's song. very unique. It's very interesting. Yeah, and, and like and Maui's song also amazing. Okay, I don't. We can, we'll talk about those in a little bit. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Um, I I love <laughs> Moana as a character in general, 
Um, because I especially love how she's established from the beginning, even as a child, to be like adventurous and empathetic, which I think are traits that she like continues to have throughout the movie. Yeah, I I somehow I mean I've seen this movie uh, a bunch of times at this point, and I, <laughs> I don't know how, but I somehow totally blanked on the entire beginning of the movie where the ocean chooses her. Uh, <laughs> and I was watching it and I was like, I don't remember this scene. Maybe you missed at it. All. I don't know. You, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a very cute scene, but if you don't realize what's happening, that's what's happening. I think I was just like, all right, there's this like Moana baby on the beach, like playing with turtles and stuff. Let me like look away from the screen for a second while it's happening. <laughs> I think it's the first time I ever actually like watched that scene and I'm like, oh, this is what the entire basis of the movie is. Okay. <laughs> Also, like, uh, you have, like, the context now for what it actually means. Yep. <laughs> yeah. After watching the movie entirely already. Yeah, many times. Um, yeah, I also, I love that, like, the grandma's telling um, all the kids in the village the stories, and she's the only one who's, like, very, very into it and wide-eyed and, like, wants to hear more, whereas, like, all the other kids are crying and scared. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it was so, to have her save the turtle, the baby turtle in the beginning, uh, and like, oh, I'm just realizing this now, do what she wants to do. <laughs> like, she's living vicariously through the turtle. Oh, <laughs> Right? Because yeah. yeah. the turtle can go into the sea, but she can't. Uh, turtles are my favorite animal. Just so you guys know, I like turtles. Okay. Um. <laughs> I like turtles. Good to know. Um, and like, like you said, the grandma is the only one who's like telling these stories is because yes. she's the only one not afraid of the chief, you know? She's his mom! You know, like after like Moana gets injured and she's like, are you going to tell him? And she's like, I'm his mom. I don't have yeah. to. <laughs> Bitch, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I she's tell like, him what to do. No. I don't, I, it's, I hate when like men in movies use like their imposingness to like, strike fear especially if they're supposed to be a good guy you know yeah it's so it, annoying because he does that maui does that yeah like to me it almost feel like felt out of character for her dad to be like yelling at her and like physically moving her which i mean i guess is why she looks so shook and shaken shaken shook shook that's why she's so shook <laughs> when he like physically when he like moved her yeah when she like wanted to uh, when she like, picked up the paddle at first. Um, right. It just seemed like out of character to me. Well, I don't know. There are instances in this movie where there is physical force used. And I'm like, oof. Like when Maui constantly throws her off the boat, it's used as like, yeah. it's seen as comedic. But I don't think it's that funny. I don't think it's that. He's yeah. literally throwing her off. Like if she didn't know how to swim and if the ocean didn't choose her, she would be dead. Right. That's essentially what Maui's like, trying to do. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Um, we don't really see that much of her dad anyway, like other than his fear of what's beyond the reef. And um, and like, it is like, it's not justified, but he certainly has good reason to be scared of it. Yeah. Because yeah. his best friend died beyond the reef and he definitely blames himself for it. Right. And I can compare the whole movie to Little Mermaid, but definitely when he yells at her about having to listen to her, it does sound like King Triton yelling at Ariel. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that scene is very oh God, reminiscent of that. It is. I do agree with that. Um, 
Okay, so in my head, he went out beyond the reef and his friend died. But now that he's kind of the chief of Matanui, like, there's nothing around. But I'm like, they were voyagers in the past. At what point did they stop? Because obviously his father would have been Grandma Tala's husband or partner. So, like, was he also a voyager? Like, when did they stop? Well, it's confusing because it wasn't a thousand years ago. Was it a thousand years ago? Did they say that? Well, didn't hasn't Maui been on that island for a thousand years? I'm talking about the islanders, not Maui. No, Maui I know. Can, I thought oh. I thought that the islanders stopped when um, Tefiti turned into Taka. Oh, I thought that's what yes um, the grandma said. Yes, that makes more sense okay. because like then Taka started being like threatening. Right, and, and it was too, it was too like, too scary for the Voyagers to go out anymore. Right, okay. So it's like, I guess it was just something that, like, was passed down and only the chiefs knew about. That there were the, the, uh, these boats um, right. for the, the past Voyagers. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's based on a true historical event called the Long Pause, where for 2,000 years, the Polynesians stopped voyaging for that long and as far as i know there is no one knows the reason so i guess this is like part of the this might be part of the lore of why they stopped uh, okay yeah so then it's it's like interesting to like comment on i guess the dad's fear right because it's like we don't want to be insensitive to that culture that you know may have good reasoning to stop but at the same time is it, you know, it's not good to live in fear. <laughs> it's not good to live in fear, but I get it. He has valid reasons for it. And it's like, he also was, okay, so I feel, in my head, I see it as, well, he, has he his, was like Well, he her. has his valid reasons for it. In this movie, he has his valid reasons for it, not necessarily valid reasons for her. Yes. No. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is he has his valid reason for it because at her age, he w- he sees himself in her and how rebellious and, and adventurous she is. And because he was like that, he put not only his life at risk, but his friend's life at risk, knowing that they weren't as good as voyagers as they thought they were, because at the same time, like, if this hasn't happened in a thousand, two thousand years, not everyone is experienced in voyaging beyond the reef because it is so tumultuous. So, like, he's just trying to be very and essentially overprotective of his daughter Moana. I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying I do understand where he's coming from and what the fear is keeping what fear is keeping him from wanting to go beyond the reef. Unpopular opinion, it's not his dad's fault that his friend died. His dad his friend uh, decided to get on the boat himself knowing he right. wasn't a voyager either. Of course that's not how grief works. Of course, right? Sure. Because Sure, but even his even the chief's wife is like he couldn't save his friend. He wants right. to save you. Like his wife should be able to to like be like his friend made that choice. <laughs> like I know it sucks, I mean, that's true, but, but I mean I mean in the process of grief, that's that's not how you see things. Like from the person that is grieving, that is not the perspective they are going to be seeing. Oftentimes, people who are grieving will think about how they can prevent have prevented a death like that, right? Yes. So that's definitely part of his thinking. But part but it's also 
extended past just his daughter to the entire island um, and all of his people. And he's also ignoring all the signs that he actually does have to move on from this island, though. Because yes. all the coconuts are dead. There's no fish in the ocean. Like, climate change is happening. Like, <laughs> so you're like, saying he's a climate change denier, basically. <laughs> 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 you are calling the chief a... More, he, he's, he's basically, yeah, he's blinding himself to... He's, he's, like, letting it... His grief overshadow the fact that he needs to plan for the future and actually protect his f- people, you know? Yeah, and I mean, grief can do that, so... Yeah, and obviously, I don't actually... How old is Moana in this? I don't know, but at some point, Maui calls her eight, and I, and that's... <laughs> that's wrong, obviously. <laughs> that's wrong, but uh, I also... I, I mean, think that's, I like, funny because it's so obviously <laughs> not correct. <laughs> well, he's she she might seem eight to him because he's literally thousands of years old, yes. you know? Yes. Moana is 16. Ben, ben was like, wait, she's eight? And I'm like, no, she's not <laughs> Yeah, I, I do like that um, they did not try to pigeonhole them into, like, a romance, though. Oh, God, thank goodness. That would have been really creepy. That's awkward. Yes, nope. it would have been very creepy because she's 16 and he's a thousand. But that is something that, like, Disney previously has not given a crap about. When did that happen? I mean, every single Disney princess is, like, between ages 14 and 17. Oh, I thought you meant with, like, an older man. Actually, I just watched They are all like. older men. They're not a thousand, but they're all in their, like, 20s. Yep. There, there's a lot to say about the the way the dynamic of age happens within these Disney movies. Cause they're yeah, and I'm, just, and I'm saying I like that they did not do that with Moana and Maui, and I was a little bit anxious watching it that they were going to. Uh, uh-huh. So I was really happy that they didn't. Yeah, I never got the feeling that they would, because that would have been creepy, but I'm glad that they didn't. Um, and, like, going back to Moana, um, it's interesting because I think Moana is a very relatable character, as a lot of, I think, princesses, Disney princesses can be, in that she values her own individualism over, like, the word or the, like ideas of her father you know mm-hmm. it's the whole duty versus self or duty over self right. where she puts self over like duty because she realizes that what she's doing kind of would be better for her community at the same at the same yeah at the same time it's not just about now that i think about it it's not just about individualism because she still cares very much about the people but she doesn't think that her father's way is the right way well so well, it's interesting because her prioritizing her individualism is actually what is best for her community. Like, she goes on a whole journey to return that heart to Tafiti, and that is what saves her community. Now that I think about it, maybe her dad is the one who values individualism over family and community because he's the one who ends up making the wrong decision for his community because of his own. Yeah, Mo- Moana is willing to die to get that heart back right to like save all the islands yeah like she like what she says to like maui is like my island is dying i have to do this like this is what will save them and like 
part of it is that she also just really wants to be in the water, you know? Sure. Like, yep. But it just coincides with... Yes, exactly. <laughs> ...with also saving her people. She's always had a drawn to the water, mostly because, I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love the ocean? But also no, the ocean... No, not me. What's wrong with you? I love the ocean. But the ocean also chose her as a child. I am hey hey when he he popped his head out and was like, oh my fucking God, I'm in the middle of the ocean and starts screaming. That's me. <laughs> is that, then why do you let me take you to the beach? You don't the like beach the is on, the beach is on the fucking land. I just, can, I can look at the ocean. I don't need to be in it. Maybe she just really likes being your friend. Okay. wants to be by you. That too. Thank you. <laughs> I, I like ah, it. And she knows you're a mermaid, so she has to be like <laughs> be, there. be there. Sorry, wh- what were you saying, Rakita? I, I lost my train of thought. I thought it's okay. Sorry. Um so her desire ends up ironing the history of her people, which is nice for her. <laughs> um <laughs> It's convenient, isn't it? Um but it's kind of like a dest it's almost a, it's a bit of a, like a destiny, like it is a destiny. The ocean chooses her. It's like her fate. Yeah. Is it so? Is this actually like even a decision that she's making, or is it just her fate? Well, I think for one, the water chooses her because she obviously the water cannot tell the future, but can it? The w- can it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a. I feel like it's a spirit, and it senses like a okay. good aura. So, like, right? She knows yes. that she will understand Tafiti. And and take her when the time comes, and she will be empathetic. Yeah, it clearly the water chooses the most empathetic person because like she's like saving that turtle and stuff. Right, exactly. So it's she, like okay, you're, you're who will like be able to see the truth. Yeah, and like that kind of story resonates with people because obviously, like people like me and me. Yeah, because I'm a classy rebel. Um and. <laughs> Uh, and I did not want to listen to my parents ever because honestly, they're wrong. <laughs> I'm biased, but they're wrong. You know, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know everything. They really don't, especially when it, times are changing. Yeah, uh, like we were talking about it um, during our discussion before the movie, and like a critique that I have heard from from like Polynesian people is that it kind of. I guess, like, the worry about the movie is that it kind of demonizes, like, the basic tasks that these societies need to do to function. What do you mean? Because, like, the the whole, like, romanticizing, the, rom- the romanticizing of, like, the voyaging instead mm-hmm. of staying on the island. Yes, like, the, all the jobs that everyone had on the island, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you need those jobs still. Mm-hmm. There, like, there are roles for a reason, and, like... A lot of times, these islanders are actually like fine and happy with these roles, um, uh, but the movie is kind of like, and no one leaves, which is kind of like, oh shit, I'm trapped. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting. That could, I think that's a valid criticism, but I also I, mean, I, I know personally. Feel- like, you know, I moved out when I was 18 years old, and I was like, okay, voyaging away. But I also am, like, a suburb... I grew up in, like, suburbia, so it's, like, a little bit different than growing up on a beautiful island. And, but, but like, also, there's, like, the movie creates a reason for them to leave. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. 
they they're happy in their roles, but they can't they can't actually do those roles when they there's no fish and coconuts like I said before. Right. That kind of uh, makes me think about an article that we were reading beforehand uh, with Polynesians, where they said basically that I, I think that. Uh, people seeing this movie should know that our culture is alive and well. This is not a dying culture. It is a thriving one, one that still finds ways to voyage and innovate uh, in modern day America. So mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, the movie creates a reason for her to leave. But in an actual culture like that, that it's it's not dying. Right. And also, it should be noted that they do like a mixture of cultures. <laughs> yeah, in this it's movie. like a mashup. <laughs> yeah. And like, part of it is also that like, uh, who knows what the culture was like 1000 years ago probably historians but <laughs> but like well, i don't think that the i don't think this was 1000 years ago i think to to cause okay here's another question when did this movie take place i think this movie is like oh you know what? actually i don't know because i guess they're showing pre colonization no white people <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay, sorry. Continue what you're saying. We're doing a lot of theorizing here. So basically, uh, it's a it's a mix. They they mix a bunch of Polynesian cultures, but there's distinct cultures like Samoan, Hawaiian, uh, Tonga, Native New Zealand. So there are different cultures that are mixed up in this movie that aren't all the same. A lot of the cultures also tend to overlap in some instances, like. The beliefs and religions and sometimes, like, the gods or goddesses uh, or the deities that they do worship. Like, 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 I'm Jamaican, which is also an island culture, but also has been colonized by the white peoples. And and we, in in Jamaican culture, we have a lot of overlap with some of the beliefs that we have with... with countries like Bahamas or Barbados or Rebuta. Yeah, so I did want to say like one of the things that ta- that I really that resonated with me when I watched this movie. Um and I think mostly it's because I grew up with immigrant fan I grew up in an immigrant family and I'm a first generation American is like the cultural pressure you feel to study and get this like job and dutiful career to help your family. As opposed to like wanting to go off and do the thing that you feel is best for you and will make you happy and what you want to do. And it's one of those, like, it's so hard to, to explain it, but it was like a year ago or two years ago was the first time I heard like my grandmother say she's proud of me or like you hear it from your parents. And Mm -hmm. it's because growing up, they expected me to like go into medicine and become this person and grow up and get this job and have this career to help take care of the family. And it's like, yes, I want to take care of the family. Yes, I want to help out in the best way possible. But that's not the path that I want to choose. And here I am now with the (laughs) art degree, working in fashion in the in the career field that I wanted because I like Moana had to like, leave voyage away. (laughs) And chase after my dreams and like work hard for years to get what I want. And like, I think that's what resonated the most with me is like, she's able to do this. So I feel like you should also be, be free to explore the options that you want and not feel that you're pressured into this job or societal role based on what your family's expecting of you. Like, yes, it's important to help family, but at the same time, you can't live your life for your family. Mm-hmm. 
which is, I feel, how Moana also feels in this film. And, like, I like that her grandma encourages that. Yes. Yeah, her grandma is basically the only one she feels like understands her. Mm-hmm. And I guess her grandma also feels like Moana's the only one who understands her back. Right, yeah, that's true. Everyone else thinks she's the village crazy lady. Which, she's got, which she kind of is fine with being. She is cool yeah. with it. She's like, let them think what they want because she knows who she is. Yeah, she's like dancing with a bunch of stingrays, which is uh, so very cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Ob- and obviously she like passes away, which is heartbreaking, but she does actually, she stays with her as a, <laughs> I can't say this word, a makua. Which I, which in Hawaiian mythology is a family god, and she like comes back as a stingray, which is like it's her tattoo. Yep, it's her tattoo because she chose the right one, <laughs> um, to like guide her, you know. And that's like that's a belief in Hawaiian culture that I've read that Hawaiians have appreciated about this movie. Yeah, and like I love that, um, you know, like in that scene in the, you know, the I am Arkita song. Uh, (laughs) yeah so in in that scene when she um, meets her on the boat it's I think it's really great that she basically lets her know it's okay to give up because usually we don't see that usually uh, I guess like in movies and in life even like those who are supposed to be supporting us are usually forcing us to keep going even when sometimes there are situations in life that are just like too demanding and or like almost impossible and like it needs to be it needs to be shown more that it's okay to give up sometimes it's okay and the people who love us will continue supporting us even if that is our decision to like to quit yeah i actually i think that i think there should be more examples of failure and your family supporting you regardless yeah her grandma is basically like it's okay to fail. Like she like she says like that she shouldn't have put so much of a burden on right. Moana and it's okay if she wants to quit, she'll be with her and she will show her the way back home. Mm-hmm. She'll be there the whole time with her. And then Moana, I, I think Moana decides to go on because of those words. She was hearing what Moana was saying. Moana was saying, I, I need to quit. And she was saying that is okay. She wasn't doing sympathy, which would her be... Basically being like, no, no, you can do this. You can do this. I believe in you. Right. (laughs) Right. That's nice, but that's not what Moana needed to hear right then. Yeah. Something I really liked was that she kept repeating, I am Moana of Matanui. You will board my boat and sail across the sea and restore the heart of Tafiti. Because one, it's it's such an anxiety thing to repeat what you want to say before you say it. Like, I'm like, that is so, that is so relatable. Yeah. And also, I like that because it's also a reminder of who she is, what her mission is. And I like that. I am Moana is her mantra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also, isn't it the last thing her grandma says to her? Like, she tells her to grab Maui. Yeah, grab him by the ear and tell him. Oh. Yeah, that scene. Yeah, so it I probably see. gives her um, like reassurance to say that over and over and over again to herself. Right. Uh, Moana. I also love... <laughs> <laughs> I also love... It's so. It's just so fun to say. Um, I also love how s- she's like smart and like she knows how to use 
people's egos against them. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, Maui and Tamatoa. I feel like I feel like Maui's tattoos are working against him. I mean, they're they clearly know what's Maui. best for him, but they like <laughs> they're working against what he wants. <laughs> they're teamed up with with Moana. It's such a, w- a creative way to show the angel on his shoulder, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he is his own devil on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> that whole yeah. song that he sings about himself and how great he is. That is actually my least favorite song because it annoys me so much. <laughs> oh my god. I love it so much. Um, but it's it's so funny how it how it showcases like his EO his ego and Tamateo's ego and then uh with shiny. Yeah. Like the the line, um <laughs> the line where he says, For just like you, I made myself a work of art. I'll never hide, I can't, I'm too shiny is like maybe my favorite line in the whole movie. It's I mean, like, it's just like radical self love. It's just like, no, I'm pretty fucking great. Like, <laughs> I'm so great. Like, I, I'm not even gonna bother trying to hide. Like, I am literal like, gold. <laughs> everyone deserves to see me. <laughs> yes, it's so good. I wish everyone could be like that <laughs> or could feel like that. <laughs> and I, I was reading about how uh, Tomatoa was is a name of legends and represents like tough heroes. And uh, some people didn't like that it was some weird crab, um, <laughs> but he was really silly. Yeah, I mean, typical Disney. Um, let's talk about Maui a little bit more because okay, he has. At first, I saw him as a villain. I was like, wait a second, he's the one who fucking did all of this, right? He like ruined the land and stole the heart of Tafiti, and. Obviously, what's like the dad, it doesn't justify his actions, but the reason why he does that is because he wants he wants the love of his people. Right. Impact versus intent. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and his I feel as though his entire self-worth, especially him being a demigod, is based on the love of the people that he's there to support. So if they don't love him, it's kind of, in my head, I'm like, is it like Tinkerbell where if you don't believe in fairies, you disappear? <laughs> <laughs> oh that's real sad um sorry yeah and moana definitely uses that to her advantage yep but like um, she kind of needs to to make him do what's right yeah i mean it's uh forever forever traumatizing to be a baby that gets abandoned yeah. yeah, and it's like he's he's lived with that his entire life because the only reason he became a god is because his parents, I still am trying to understand, like, the reasoning behind his parents wanting to drown him. They said they took one look at him and tossed him into the sea. So I'm assuming that he was disfigured of some sort. I just sort. assumed they didn't want children. Maybe. That, that yeah. could have been it, too. I don't know. I mean, because yeah. he, he said that they took one look at him, which made, makes Mises. it sound like it was something about him. But then again, maybe, maybe, maybe that's just him, like, feeling you know, like feeling guilty somehow for something there's no way he could be guilty for. Right, right. it's my fault, not their fault. Right. Yes, which would definitely make sense for why he has to constantly try to uh, impress and do things for humans. Yeah, He was a baby, he didn't know what, whether his parents no. looked at him or not. <laughs> you don't know that he's a demigod no. now. Well, he now he is. Look bad. But he gets retroactive memory from becoming a demigod? Is that how that works? I mean, 
time? I don't know. You know, don't throw your kids in the sea. Just get an abortion. That's what oh I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I read an article that was like, Moana has a, a secret pro-life message. I'm like, what the fuck are what? you talking about? Where? 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 It was just a stupid Where? article. Which was funny because I was like, this is a totally pro-choice movie. But that then again, most people just see what they want to see, I guess. I, I, can, right? I guess I Why? can see what Why? I can see it. I see it. Because the whole reasoning behind pro-life, their whole reasoning behind it is like, yeah, it's a baby. It's a fetus. It's a child. You shouldn't kid it, kill it. But at the same time, they're always like, that baby could cure cancer. <laughs> Who knows what that baby would grow up to do? That baby could the- become a demigod. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know how many kids are in the foster care system? Exactly. Yeah, that could be kid could become it, but if this child this if this child is an unwanted child, who's to say they're going to end up in a loving, caring home that's both supportive, that has a good education system for them so they can grow up to be these great things that you're already putting these like fake titles on them already. They are like, not even human yet. I'm I'm just going to say this. There is no fetus that you might be uh, having and then potentially throwing into the sea that is going to become a demigod. So, yeah. Jenny, I know you want us to get back to Moana, so let's get back to Moana. Um, So, yes. Moani, Moani. <laughs> like you're, I'm sorry, but like your you're like Catholic present faith doesn't even believe in demigods. So, anyway. Go. Sorry. I'm, Back I'm, to it. I'm, the, the metaphor is getting super mixed up in my head. I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that in the end he apologizes for what he did, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. he fucked up. Oh yes, he really not, did. Yeah. I'm not. He didn't say I'm sorry. You were offended. <laughs> he, he, you know. I guess he like, took ownership. He's like, I'm sorry. I did this. Right. I have no excuse. Mm. Right. There's no excuse. Yeah. He said it. He he doesn't say, he doesn't use his upbringing as an excuse. Right. Which I feel like so many people end up doing when they have, find themselves in a very difficult situation. And it's, in some instances, yes, I can understand it. But in others, it's like, if you're a grown ass adult, then you should take ownership for the actions that you've caused to hurt other people because it's your responsibility to fix said problems. So I I view the taking of uh, Tafiti's heart as basically a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. And being that it is done by Maui, I think that it's fair to say that it is something that goes against the agency of um, gendered women's bodies. Right in this movie, um, so w- so you talking about um, Maui kind of unintentionally doing this and um, then apologizing, like learning his lesson or whatever, I, has me thinking. Like I almost wonder if this could be kind of like a lesson on why it is important to teach men consent. Well, teach anyone consent, but like. We have we have done such a bad job teaching consent mm-hmm. that like a lot of the time like this might be an unpopular opinion but like a lot of men don't even realize necessarily certain things that they are doing go against consent. 
I'm not saying everything by any means, but I'm just saying that like in his head, he took that heart to help out other humans. Right. But what happened was it caused such deep trauma to her that it basically turned in the eyes of society, it turned her into someone else. It turned her into like a demon of like fire and destruction. Right. In actuality, it is still Tafiti. It is just Tafiti who like has gone through this traumatic event and she is now lashing out to make sure like no one can get that close to her again to ever have something like that happen to her again, which is like a very realistic thing, especially for like rape victims or just anyone who's like consent is violated in any way. And I'm, so I'm kind of like drawing the parallel of like, like if we're taught better consent, maybe Maui would have realized, oh, no, that is not a thing I should do. Right. I have a lot of things to say about this. Okay. Say them. Um, okay. So I did some, I also, I did some more reading and I have seen um, a couple people like talk about how that him stealing the heart of Tafiti resonated with them because they they saw it as sexual assault basically and yeah. they compared it to their own sexual assault um and i i read another article that got me so mad because it was a, a stupid student who was like there was an uh there was a lecture about about rape and moana and they were like this movie is not about rape and i'm like just because it's not about rape to you yeah. doesn't mean it isn't to somebody else. And it obviously is because I've read multiple articles about it. So multiple people felt the same way. You know how like people ask you like, oh, well, who's the character from any movie that you relate to the most? My answer for that is Tafiti Taka. Because yeah. like I like to me, like she is almost like an exact personification of someone with like borderline. Like she mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's so incredible to to watch someone who's like so demonized for like when they are one way, but so like loved when they are Mm -hmm. another way that is deemed okay by society. Uh, And it's and it's just like because almost no one can have empathy for this person. Like when like I uh, like my anxiety for most of my life has caused me to react in such a like short tempered, um, like lashing out way like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start talking, um, to people about my rapes until maybe a couple of years ago because I wanted people to be able to understand why I was so like, I didn't want people to touch me. I was like, like I said, I was short tempered. Like the re- like that's why I started talking about it because I wanted people to understand that side of my personality, like the Taka side of my personality. Yeah, like like you said, Taka is a, like a direct result of her of the violation, and her change is exactly how people do change after such a traumatic event. Yeah, she's literally just shielding herself. Yeah. Like, like Moana says, like, oh, we have to get around in order to get to the island because, like, she can't, because, like, she's not letting us get through. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucking literal. <laughs> like, it's not even, whatever. Anyway, keep saying and what you were saying. Like, you said, like, Maui doesn't under, doesn't realize, he's not cognizant of the repercussions of his actions. And that's just kind of the, that's also common in our culture yes. of men being unable to read women's literal body language. Yeah. 
And, like, in my opinion, it's because, like, as a society, we have failed to teach consent. It's not even necessarily teaching consent. It's just teaching women how to not be raped when that's not how things work. Right. Yeah, that's a... Yes, sure. That's another... Yes, that it, that's, like, what we teach. In, instead of teaching consent, that's, that is what we teach. But, um... Obviously, like, there are men who their consent is violated and who are raped Mm -hmm. as well. And, like, they don't know what to do because they're taught men can't even be raped. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. the whole, it's, there needs to be an entire change to the education system to be teaching these things. And I really value and love the fact that Moana went there with this movie. And I hope that children are able to, like, Maybe if they don't fully understand that that's what that's about, at least they can, like, understand, like, the empathy aspect of it. Yes. Like, that Moana's like, oh, they've stolen the heart from inside you, but this does not define you. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, that, that, it's just like, it make, that line makes me so emotional. I have cried every time I've seen <laughs> that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's the best song. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that it teaches us that empathy instead of force is the way to solve problems and resolve conflict, you know? hmm I love this movie because that is a lesson that, that like, affects me so much. And I am so glad that children are also learning that lesson. Yeah, definitely. Ugh, this movie is so good. It's really good. <laughs> I'm really glad that, like, this generation of kids is getting some, like, much much better movies like this and Coco <laughs> and like yeah I mean I, lo- I loved the movies when I was a kid but looking back on them uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but this, no, looking uh, back on them you you get a better appreciation for what the movies that we're getting now they're getting better and they're learning from the mistakes of the past yes they are still making mistakes but who's to say in the next generation they won't like course correct and figure mm-hmm. that out these movies are more nuanced in their yes. their like characterization of people, um, their display of culture. Like that's the way in which they are better, you know. Right. And like when I was watching a movie, I was like, "Do women become chiefs in this culture?" And they don't. <laughs> I also so was thinking that. that. And I was like, "In, in they which- changed that." Yeah. Oh, also, good question, Arkita. <laughs> You said in which, in which culture? culture? <laughs> which one? Because you said it's in several, but I'm like... Well, Tongan culture was the one that I know that women don't okay. become chiefs. But I'm sure... But like, based on our patriarchal history, yeah. probably all of them. <laughs> so then, like, I feel like a lot of other non-Western civilizations tended to have more... I don't know if they were chiefs, but they also had women leaders within their community. And I know that there are some... Um, Native American cultures that do run right. a matriarch a matriarch society. So yeah. yeah, from what I read, like the women were the most important in the tribes, but the men were the chiefs, or you had to be a man to be a chief. There, there are some um, lineages where it's like if you're going to claim to be of X descent, that means it comes from your mother's side, not your father's. But do side. you know which cultures, like Native Don't, American? I ones? read this years ago. <laughs> like it was like. I had to do research on something, and it was years ago, and I don't remember right. which one. But I do That's know okay. that they are better revered in cultures that are not super westernized. Right. I don't want to talk down on any uh, cultures, but maybe it's a good thing that Moana is the chief. <laughs> or yes. becomes the chief. 
in this case, yeah. And I think that it's, yeah. it's nice because you don't... No, I, I'm going to say this in speaking to the the clusterfuck that was Pocahontas. Oh, <laughs> dear God. I still haven't made a po- <laughs> That's one of the only Disney dresses I have never made. And I'm like, I don't think I will ever make a Pocahontas yeah, dress. I'm pretty I sure I just won't do it. <laughs> yes, I know that the... um, I don't even know. Never mind. But I do know, like, in that society, it's like, her grandmother was super important because she, but like, no one listens to Pocahontas. Nobody really is listening to the woman in the society in this specific, really bad portrayal of this movie. They should have never adapted that quote unquote source material. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The real story of Pocahontas is actually very, 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 very tragic. That should never have been a yeah. movie. And romanticized. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and being that it's almost Thanksgiving, um, please, if you are having dinner with your family and they are saying racist things, especially if you are white, it is very important that you are talking to them about the things that they are saying. It is, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It is okay to make other people uncomfortable if what they are saying is harmful to other people. Had someone come on my Facebook post, my whole Facebook post, and tell me when I said, I said something about racist white people. And he was like, well, how am I supposed to have dinner and talk to my family if they act like this? Why don't you tell me how, how I should respond? And I was like, motherfucker, Google exists. <laughs> the whole entirety of Google exists. If your family member says something racist, please ask them not to and tell them why that's not okay. If you are in a comfortable enough position to do that, though. I don't agree with that. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I mean, if you are relying on them for money or whatever, you, if you're not in a position of power compared to them, you know what I mean? Yes. You know what? I'm going to say I haven't... I had to depend on my parents for anything since I've been 18. So I will say I don't know what other people have to go through. Okay. <laughs> it's always uncomfortable to talk about this and to call somebody out, especially if it's somebody. I feel as though if it is someone that you care about, then you definitely have that responsibility to educate them and make sure that they are understanding that what they're saying and doing is racist and wrong. Because if it was some Jane from the street, I would be like... Girl, hope you get hit by a car and bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is there anything else we want to say about Moana? Hey, hey is the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the also, little piggy. How do I say his last name? Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. He plays so many. Is that birds. Hey, hey? He has a specific brand now. I'm like, you need someone to play a bird on anything, just call Alan Tudyk because that's just what he's good at. I don't know. John Oliver as Zazu and Lion King was genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to still watch that. Um. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe, review, and rate us. It's the easiest way to help support our podcast. This week's review comes from Ben, my husband. <laughs> this podcast, <laughs> this podcast, Bill's, who's, he's our biggest fan. Just so you know, <laughs> fight him or don't. <laughs>
Rather, don't fight him. Uh, this podcast fills such an important need for the nerd community. I can't wait for more. Do an episode on representation of mental illness in comics. Doom Patrol, Fuck anyone? Yeah. Doom Patrol is actually the first comic book Ben ever lent me years before we were dating, and it made me fall in love with him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. We should we, we should, should do it then. I support it. Um. Um. If you want to chat with us about the episode, our social medias are Fandom and Wellness on Instagram. Fandom and Wellness on Facebook. And Fandom Wellness on Twitter. You can also find me at Classy Rebel Design. Me at The Box of Shadows. And me at Little Petal, all on Instagram. And if you want bonus content, you can join our fandom family at patreon.com slash fandom and wellness for Patreon exclusive geek sessions. And remember, be kind and take no shit and shut down racists. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs>